This is Checked In with Splash. Welcome back to Checked In with Splash, folks. Today, I've asked Splash's CMO to join me again to explore what the proliferation of AI means for marketers and to dig into some of the current uses and practices B2B event marketers can deploy to leverage what's available and possible today in their event marketing strategy. So this is part one of a two-part conversation because honestly, there are many ways to apply AI technology to marketing today, and even more will be possible with time. So part two of this conversation will include a preview of what we see as the future of AI support for event marketers to help you prepare for what's next. But first, let's start where we are today with the resources available today to most B2B marketers. So let's go ahead and get checked in with Kate Hammett. Kate, thank you so much for joining me again on the show. Always love to get your take on the current state of marketing and events. How are you today? I'm great, Camille. It's so great to be here, always part of the Cam Fam. So thanks for having me. Love it. Thank you. Well, let's just get right into why I asked you to join me today to discuss how AI is changing and maybe has arguably already changed the marketing landscape in major ways and what event marketers should be doing or at least thinking about today to make sure they're not left behind in the dust. And, you know, there's been so much, so, so very much change for marketers to adapt to over the last few years. I'm sure there's a little bit of fear in terms of this new change that's coming, which we can address later. But, you know, even before AI was widespread and the talk of the proverbial town, thought leaders in marketing like yourself have been talking about, you know, all the drastic shifts in the B2B buyer's journey for some time now. The rise of AI is only making this more and more obvious, I think. And you actually recently contributed to an article by Kelsey Voss on how generative AI is really reshaping the buyer's journey even more so. So I'd love for us to kind of use that as our starting point, talk about that a bit, and really understand what your thoughts are on how AI can impact every stage of the life cycle and really what marketers can do to begin embracing this mindset. Yeah. So loaded question. I know, right? A softball start. (laughs) Yeah, softball start. I think first and foremost, we need to think of ourselves as in a very exciting time in marketing and business, you know, just an innovation in general. I mean, this is, you know, likened to, you know, the power of the internet, you know, what sort of revolution are we going to look back and, and say AI created? And I think a lot of us are seeing that in our day to day, but, you know, with innovation and change comes a lot of fear as well. How is it going to impact the way we go to market? How is it going to impact my day to day, my team? When we think about just the buyer's journey and the impact on, you know, how we operate to connect with our buyer, I think, you know, a lot of the ways that we've seen evolution go from a sales led motion into, you know, more of the independent buyer, this is really strengthening the independent buyer's toolkit to ultimately, you know, curate the right information and research through these tool sets and get a better understanding how they can optimize whatever problem they have by deploying AI. So we really need to, as, you know, vendors, as providers, we need to figure out how to be where AI is and get in that mix when the buyer says, you know, I need, you know, event marketing 
assistance and, you know, gets research on solving their pains and challenges on getting the revenue in the room, we need to be there as Splash and whatever your, you know, whatever service or, you know, software you're providing, it's where you need to be, obviously. And there's a lot of mystery at this point around how that's going to play out for your SEO strategy, how that's going to, you know, play out in, you know, content strategy. But there are a couple of areas of marketing that we we can see at a high level how impactful AI is going to be and how important it's going to be in optimizing our teams and internally adopting AI is going to help us meet the buyer where they are in a more effective way, in a more personalized way, and really start to create those like one-to-one or seemingly one-to-one connections and get a better understanding of what they want, you know, from the get-go. So I think there's a lot at play here around, you know, what's to come for marketing, but as related to the buyer's journey, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see, and I'm doing it already just in my own, you know, pain points and challenges using these tools, having them curate information, starting from there. At the very least, it's a nice outline, might capture an idea that I didn't think about, and just using it as as an assistant. So as people increase their reliance on AI and these tools to augment their buyer's journey, we need to make sure that, you know, as suppliers, we're, we're right there in the mix with accurate information as well. So, yeah. I love that. My, I think maybe one of the biggest takeaways for me in, in what you just shared is, is that there is a lot of unknown and many of us are in that same boat of unknowing, which is okay. But as long as we're open to testing and experimenting and, you know, really keeping our minds open to what's possible. And like you said, really looking for those opportunities to just maximize what we're already doing. And I think another key takeaway that I hadn't really thought of framed in this way. I've been thinking a lot about like AI and the impact to the marketer, right? Or the seller or, you know, whatever. But the way that you framed it as, you know, how all of these different AI tools are now in the buyer's toolkit, really just an interesting way to reframe that. And so I think I think there's just like two mindsets almost, like two ways of thinking about it. Like how are you as the marketer leveraging AI. And then you also have to be able to anticipate, know, learn, study, right? How the buyer is also leveraging AI and making sure there's not a total disconnect, right? Yep. And I think that's how you prioritize. Like that's how I'm, you know, I see the world. I'm trying to see the world. It's less about, and we get into this a lot, as you know, at at Splash, it's less about sales, marketing, customer success, it's about what is the buyer doing? What is the customer doing? What is their journey? And how do we plug in? But thinking about it with that frame, that's helped me understand when we pull AI into our own ecosystem as a marketing team, as a revenue team, what's really going to impact the buyer first? That's then my priority, buyer, customer, understanding how we can you know, be more personalized we can better understand how to create an incredible experience that's really tailored to you know to that person to that persona that's where you start in kind of prioritizing where to pull in ai and start to test and i think you know there's some obvious ways of deploying ai for marketers yes let's use it and get more efficient i mean it's breakthrough writer's block and generative ai is super cool and it's fun to play with and and it's interesting to 
use that as a starting point, use it as an assistant and push it into, you know, your workflow to help get you just a little bit further along, or in some cases a lot, but it still requires obviously marketers to jump in and, you know, make sure it's infused with your brand voice, make sure that the AI did not hallucinate and giving you kind of false information. I mean, we use it for obviously, you know, podcast prep and all these different ways that it's great. But I think the most impactful ways that I think about AI as a priority with our organization or any marketing organization is like, what's going to give us that edge with the buyer? So they really feel like they're getting, you know, the VIP treatment and that they also have a really strong foundation of not only the Splash platform, but also Splash as a partner, Splash as a thought leader. And that's how I prioritize. And I think from there, you go from, you know, testing out certain tools to seeing what helps you and kind of driving outcomes with your buyer and or with efficiency with your team, and then, you know, scaling those and, and seeing where that takes you. But I encourage, you know, want to take the moment to encourage, you know, event marketers to not be fearful. There's a lot out in the world that we live in talking about the impact of AI on events and on event marketing. And obviously change, you know, can be scary. But I think if you're sitting at your organization wondering, you know, how am I going to make this work for me? How is this going to impact my job? You know, I think you take the bull by the horns and start to, you know, be the game changer at your organization. Test it learn it, understand it, share it with others, show how it's adding efficiency to, you know, your programs, to your work, to the greater organization. That's what our jobs are anyway, to provide that value. And this is such a great opportunity to do that. So I would, you know, just advise my fellow event folks to, you know, just be, you know, be bold and try to figure this out for yourself and and the organization, be a student of AI and put you know, put fears aside, you know, the, the train has already left the station. AI is happening. So it's really up to us in individually at our organizations to harness this and see how it can, you know, do some good. So. Yeah. You said it and I'll just repeat it because it's so true. The train has left the station and, you know, I kind of, everything that you're saying is kind of making me visualize this in a couple different, like, tiers or levels, there's like the learning that you have to do as a marketer just to understand what is possible with AI, because there's a lot that is possible that is new for a lot of us. I think then, you know, once you have some baseline understanding of that, which, you know, we're all going to be constantly learning because there's just so much evolution (laughs) happening, it seems like every day. Then, like you said, making sure that, I mean, just good marketing, good business practice today means and requires that you are very customer-centric, very buyer-centric, right? And putting that human, that person at, at the center of your strategy and then all of the marketing activities and tactics that you're doing to execute that strategy. So I think like learning about AI, like you said, just like being that, that perpetual student understanding and taking it a level deeper and learning how your customers, how your buyers are leveraging AI in their buying journey and their in the, the whole like life cycle as a customer and their own education. And, and then you also said like the team efficiency. There's like these like three big buckets that I think we all need to be as B2B marketers chipping away at or making progress at kind of consistently in the background of everything else that we're doing. No pressure. 
But so I would love to spend a little, a few minutes talking about, you mentioned some examples, you know, generative AI being helpful for the content creation. I'd love to just kind of ping pong back and forth and just chat through some other areas, other ways that you see and and I see if I see any that you don't mention, marketers, current event marketers really using some of the AI tools that exist today. Like I said, you mentioned the generative AI and content creation. I'm wondering what other key areas, because you mentioned there's like a few key marketing areas. I'm wondering what are some of the other ways that, and you can share, we can even share more of like how you and I are using it. Like you said, we used it a little bit for this podcast conversation today, applying this to the event marketer, right? And what they would be really focused on. I think, you know, beyond that, well, the content creation, first of all, maybe let's talk a little bit more about that because that can be approached from many different ways. I think of you and I often talk about the kind of event itself, the event life cycle, the pre, during, and post, right? And so using generative AI to help you with that content generation, the, the copy for your registration page, or helping you come up with a more effective post-event follow-up survey, right? I mean, asking the right questions in that survey. I'm curious if you have other ideas other tips for experiments or tests that event marketers who haven't really maybe gotten past that fear factor, haven't started to dip their toes in, you know, where would you suggest they get started today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love to bucket things into kind of before, during and after the event. I feel like that's a great (laughs) framework for event people. We all get that. And there's a ton that generative AI can do to add to, you know, particularly like pre and post and some during, but that takes kind of more, you know, adopting generative AI into, you know, your event platform or having, you know, having something of the moment, you know, and is more a heavier lift. But pre and post, you know, you think about just the things that you mentioned, helping you with your, you know, event page, subject line testing and generation content, of course, you know, design, you know, put getting images from mid journey or putting it into other AI tools that are going to help you, you know, push out some images to, you know, put on your pages or to add to the content there. Same thing from a video marketing perspective. Are there ways of using AI and video that, you know, can give you, you know, really sharp kind of promotional videos pre-event and then post-event, there's a lot of ways that you can take, you know, generative AI to make your marketing moment at the event work better for you. And a lot of these tools are on the market. I love the website. There's an AI for that. It's something to bookmark and fun to play with where, and it's, you know, not just B2B, but just in life, there's an AI for that. Type in what you're looking for and just see what comes up. There is an AI for that for literally everything at this rate. And, you know, forgetting you know, when you're writing video scripts and storyboards, and then, you know, you can spit that out later into, you know, into content and really bring that to life. So the generative AI stuff, I think really helps at a basic level of, you know, deploying it for your design, your content, your video, and see how that helps you, you know, move the dial 
with events and particularly in post-production when we're, you know, have bottlenecks and waiting for design or waiting for this person and waiting for that person. There's a great way to, you know, just step on the gas with AI and see, and see what comes out. And the beauty of today, and I think this has been kind of a fun part of remote is people are not expecting like the professional polish in a lot of ways that they did prior to the pandemic. Like we're used to seeing somebody, you know, in a room, you know, at clearly their home and we're not expecting, you know, all of the set and the, you know, the green screen type of style. So lean into that. I think we all have an opportunity to lean into that and take that post-event moment and wrap up with some great content and do that really easily and quickly and get it out to the market to continue the conversation and push that out into other channels and then help that add to your on-demand event strategy as well. Or to get attendance for the next you know, big event for the next year, you all have content and you can start pre-selling that much earlier. So... I love what you mentioned just in terms of, you know, getting started today with the these some of these generative AI tools that exist, something that you sparked for me. You know, yes, it's the registration page, yes, it's the, you know, your email invitations, it's your post event, you know, comms and surveys and follow-ups and things like that. Um I personally haven't used this yet, but maybe I'll have to do it and then report back. But another idea that you just sparked for me is like even using it AI in your event ideation and conceptualization phase, like it could help you just maybe refine your run of show or, you know, you mentioned uh, testing subject lines for your email invitations, also for your event titles. I mean, that's something that, you know, could be easily put into practice today without requiring a lot of learning of a new tool or budget or anything like that. And I also loved how you mentioned how this allows us to break into the one-to-one, right? I think we've been hearing a lot about, you know, the need for ABM or ABX strategy within your marketing strategy. You need, yes, you need the one-to-many. We're not discounting that, even the one-to-few, but how do you really start to dive into the one-to-one. And I think applying this, everything that you just said to even your ABM strategy or your event-led ABM strategy, it could be something to really consider. And then also thinking about like logistics for, you know, I think a lot of people in our community and our audience are seasoned event professionals and marketing professionals, but thinking about just working smarter, not harder if you needed to generate a quick event checklist for your logistics and execution, and, and you could maybe even like delegate that to someone else. I think that's an area for the event people who are used to being in the position where you have to have a tight grip on everything because other people don't understand events on your team or don't have the experience of running events. But just thinking how you could scale and do more using AI because you saved 30 minutes or an hour going through your event checklist or your run of show, things like that is like where you get those little incremental shifts that can then add up a lot. And then just using the example of email invitations, right? Again, for someone who is wanting to get started, but just feeling a little bit unsure, are there any specific tips or things that people should keep in mind when using these tools. I'm thinking like, you know, there's been all of this talk around having the best prompt, right? And how you really like 
there's all these like guides now. Like you look, search LinkedIn and like, it's just like everyone's publishing their own guide with the new best prompts. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that won't go away. I'm sure there will be much more of that to come. But from your perspective, hot take, any really important do's or don'ts, you know, I think everyone understands that even when using these AI tools, it doesn't replace the need for some human element, some human touch. A human still needs to be using these tools. So as that human, what should we be keeping in mind? You know, of course, you've been talking a lot, and rightfully so, about making sure you're testing. And so, of course, with testing, you need to make sure you're monitoring and analyzing the results. But what else would you say are kind of like just a few keys to keep in mind here? Yeah, I think understanding the tools and what they can and cannot do. Example, you know, ChatGBT, they have a plugin now, but you know, the model was trained on data up until 2021. So if you ask ChatGBT something recent, you know, that's where the cutoff is. So that just as an example, it'll be interesting to see like Google Bard because of Google and connection to the internet. Obviously there's, you know, so each tool has kind of different strengths, different weaknesses, understanding the tool that you're using, what strengths and weaknesses it might have and kind of doing your testing with that in mind. There's a funny story about a lawyer using ChatGBT and you know oh, getting wait. I heard this. You have to tell yeah. if you feel like <laughs> it was funny. It was a funny story. You can look it up on Google okay, so we, okay. we won't regale the audience. But you know, we've all had our stumbles with tools and you know that's just you know, a cautionary tale for lawyers and beyond. So understand your tool. And it's good, you know, to, I think for event folks in getting started, prompts are important. I think it's good to understand how prompts work and what needs to, what you need to tell the, you know, AI in order to work for you. It's, and also in follow-up and asking and clarifying. A really key thing as a marketer is using something that understands your voice the voice of your company. And then if you have enough published, it can also capture, you know, a personal voice. So I think I probably have a ways to go to work up to AI, understanding the voice of Kate Hammett, you know, maybe that'll be a personal goal for 2024. But that way you can ask, you know, to train on the voice of your CEO, or, you know, your CMO, depending on what content is there and give it a go. And then, you know, also making sure that you're training it on the brand voice of the organization. So everybody has that brand voice and a lot of content out there. So making sure that you're, you know, feeding the tool and a lot of them have mechanisms that I'm not going to call out a particular tool set, but many of them have ways of infusing the output with your brand voice. So making sure that you take the time to do that and train it well, i.e. give it enough information to be successful. So then when, you know, the output does occur, and of course, you can play around with prompts and see, you know, see how effective it is, it comes out in a better product, because you're not speaking in a language that you're not used to speaking, you know, to your audience, sounding super formal. i love our splash voice. So I feel like, you know, that is really important for me and the team to preserve in, in all of our content and making sure that, you know, it doesn't sound like a robot. That would be a massive brand yeah, issue. Kiss of death. <laughs> kiss of death. Yep. And so making sure that you are, you know, speaking in that voice and then, you know, editing to that as well. 
And I think those are the things to keep in mind. And then play around. Don't be afraid. You know, continue to use the tool and see what gets the outputs that you want. Don't be afraid to ask it again. Click the regenerate button. And there's a lot of, you know, free trials and things that you can, you know, take advantage of to see what might be right for you when you're first selecting that tool, whether it's, you know, something like BARD or ChatGPT or something more refined that's really marketing focused many tools out there from a generative perspective, you know, that can produce awesome stuff and a first pass at the very least for what you need. And then taking that kind of core output, let's say, you know, let's say you generate kind of a transcript or a bunch of of talking points, but you know that you've got, you know, marketing folks in the room and you've got HR folks in the room and sales, then refine it further and ask the tool to, take on that persona. Tell them more about that persona. The more you tell them, it's just like a person, oddly, the more you tell the robot, the better the output will be. So if you give a really you know firm understanding of the persona that you're writing to or that you're speaking to, you know, the output is that much stronger. And so I would use that, you know, again, getting to back to the one-to-one or one-to-few. And speaking in the voice and language and speaking to the issues of that particular persona and, you know, using that to get, you know, get your content on point. So that's an area where generative AI can help get you closer to a crisper buying experience or a crisper attendee experience. And then also from like the efficiency perspective, you can pump that out so much faster than you normally would. And also using AI to get more information on the persona. If you don't feel like you have enough, that's also something that you can, you know, utilize, excuse me, AI for. And then also, you know, when you have an event and you have different personas at your event and you need everybody to understand the run of show, what's happening, their role in it, summary of events, why should they go? You can also put that into your own internal event, you know, logistics plan and use AI to get a really personal touch. So your salesperson or your customer success person is very clear on the parts of your event that are going to be most applicable to them, why they would, you know, show up there, what's expected of them and make sure that, you know, as an organization, you nail it when you're at that event and make, you know, make the most of your time there across each stakeholder. I love that. I really hadn't thought of applying that to like your cross-functional playbooks that you have between marketing and sales or even other departments, but that is so smart and absolutely something I will be experimenting <laughs> with and testing. Did you learn something? That's great. I, I definitely, no, I definitely learned. Like I said, it's always helpful to hear your perspective and want to thank you for just kind of walking through some actual use cases, scenarios, and really helpful tips, I think, for B2B marketers who, whether they've begun or not, I think this is hopefully a kind of helpful framework and kind of list to think through. So thank you so much, Kate. We are going to wrap up part one of this conversation, but folks, join us for part two. We've been talking a lot about generative AI in this conversation. I think we might talk a little bit about predictive AI in our part two. So if you're interested in that and really learning and hearing like what is 
coming on the horizon and how you can prepare for what's to come when it pertains to AI and marketing, specifically event marketing. Stick around or better yet, just go ahead and click part two. Join us there. Kate, thank you so much. This has been so fun. And to our listeners who tuned in for part one, thank you so much. And until next time, take care. Thanks, Camille.